So, you know, we've been celebrating a little bit um, things that are going on. So if some of you may have seen on Facebook and other ways, um, one of our high schoolers, Lida, um, uh, Lida Cosgrove, was entered in the barista, uh, international barista competition this last, uh, actually it was yesterday, and she did really, really well. She didn't win, but she was a total underdog. But um, anyway, if you see, if you see Lida or, or Jim or Jenny, congratulate them on, on being just that, being a wonderful young woman who welcomes people. She works down at Hattie's Coffee here in the village too. So anyway, just that was a wonderful thing to see online. So bonds, these attachments that families have, they have power. And I, I've seen it, and you probably have too, where if there is an estrangement in a family, where people separate and stop talking, and maybe it's a parent and a child, the people who are estranged from one another will likely spend the rest of their life wishing for that person back in their life. Even in situations of abuse, and this is one that just, it, it, it's hard, but even in situations of abuse, people will continually continue to reach out. And seriously, this has broken my heart to watch this happen in families. And I've wondered, why is this relationship so important? This person who may be a blood relation of yours, but they didn't do a thing to show you love and support, then why? Why is there this attachment? Is, is it a cultural thing? Is it because in our culture we, we hold families up and we the importance of family, and so you, if you don't have that, you kind of wonder, maybe that's expected. Maybe that's a really good thing, and I don't have it. Or is, it, is there, you know, I've wondered, is, is there some sort of biological thing that we look for someone who looks like us, older people and generations beyond us, we look for those biological connections. What is it? What is it about these things we call family. So in the Star Wars, Star Wars saga of the Mandalorian, the main character, Din Djarin, he takes on Grogu, who, if you don't know this, you've probably seen in Target or something, Baby Yoda. So you've got, you've got cute Baby Yoda. And he takes him on to be as a father to him. And on the process, Gro Grogu grows really attached to him too. And they become a little family. The problem is that Grogu, baby Yoda, was once part of the Jedi Order. And Din Djarin, his goal, he has to take him back to his people, which he does. He does take him back. But the bonds of family are not so easily broken. The Mandalorian goes back to the Jedi planet that Grogu the child that he has come to love has gone to live on, and he just wants to see him and give him a gift. Grogu misses you a great deal. If he sees you, it will only make things more difficult for him.
make sure he's protected. For Grogu to join the Jedi Order, he has to end all attachments to family. It's an ancient religion, religious practice in our world, too. Jesus once said, whoever comes to me and doesn't hate father and mother, spouse and children, and brothers and sisters, yes, even one's own life, cannot be my disciple. And that's not the end of it. In a parallel passage from Matthew's version of Jesus' story. Don't think that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I haven't come to bring peace, but a sword. I've come to turn a man against his father, a daughter against her mother, and a daughter-in-law against her mother-in-law. People's enemies are members of their own households. Those who love father or mother more than me aren't worthy of me. Those who love son or daughter more than me aren't worthy of me. Those who don't pick up their crosses and follow me aren't worthy of me. Those who find their lives will lose them, and those who lose their lives because of me will find them. There's a lot more like that. Again and again, Jesus says things that they downplay or they outright dismiss family bonds. I like my family. I really like them. <laughs> and, and this just never made sense to me. First of all, Jesus, as a rule, really isn't about hating anyone. So what's this with regard to your family as enemies? After all, Jesus doesn't abandon his mother or his brother James. They are with him until his death, and James goes on to be a, a leader of the early church. And in the Star Wars universe, Grogu and Din Djarin are expected to dissolve their relationship so that Grogu can go and become a Jedi. But Star Wars fans, does Luke disown Leia, his sister? No, he doesn't do that. So what gives? Now it is often a sign that someone is being manipulated when they are told to cut ties with family and friends. Anyone who doesn't buy in to what's being sold, I've seen it happen. So what makes the Jedi, or Jesus, above suspicion? That's a question that nagged me for years. For me, I received an answer while I was studying in India. Because family in India was different than I had experienced. Family in India comes before a person's individual identity. 
in everything that you do, from the, the work that you pursue to the person that you marry, the, a person's family has a huge influence. Choosing your own path, individualism, is not what it is in this culture. It's just not. It's very different. I discovered that, and it's probably far more similar to Jewish culture in Jesus' day than ours is. And so as I met Hindi families who decided to become Christians, or individuals who decided to become Christian, I saw and I witnessed the consequence of that decision. It separated them from their primary source of identity. It wasn't just a decision like, hey, I've decided to start going to church. Yay. Um, it wasn't like that because to make that decision was to remove themselves from their family and to become an outsider. So the church communities in India that receive these people into their community, they have to take place, take the place of what's been lost. It took me years to understand the extent of that faith, that level of trust that many Christians in India have in Christ's message and in these church communities. The stories written in G about Jesus' life are written at a time when the divide between Christians and Jews was beginning. Looking back, I don't know that that was necessary, but it happened. People made decisions that separated families. I have never been forced to make a decision like that. But my sisters and brothers in India have. Jesus' disciples did. And Grogu did. But you may choose only one. If you choose the armor, you'll return to your friend, the Mandalorian. However, you will be giving into attachment to those that you love and forsaking the way of the Jedi. But if you choose the lightsaber, you will be the first student in my academy, and I will train you to be a great Jedi. I won't spoil it for you what he chooses. Jesus knew the consequences and the difficulty of those kind of decisions. In India, I realized that I had never had to make a decision like that. Thank God. But I also really didn't know the strength and the experience of a church community that comes in the place of family. I've never experienced that. In, in our context, in our, in, our, in our time and place, our, our person's faith journey is for us to decide. We are freer. And again, thank God for that. Yet, we miss out on the level of trust and connectedness that those early disciples had. And it got me thinking. Where is your 
community of trust. If you had an emergency in the middle of the night, your, your house burns down, somebody goes to the hospital, who do you call? Family? Do you have two or three people in your life that you know, that you absolutely trust, that you could call on for any reason, and that they would show? How about two or three people that you're not related to? To me, this is an important part of being a church community. Having those two or three people who were, are there for you, who will stand with you no matter what. We may not be an Indian church community that has that high degree of trust and commitment. That, that's not our context. That's not our world. But we still need some of those close relationships. Because church, church can be too often, it can be one of those, a community that it's just people that come together because you all share like, you know, a perspective or thoughts on God and such. And that's fine. That's good. But it's also more than that. It's about being there for one another. It's about being as Christ to one another. Letting the Spirit use you to be a blessing to people that you are bound together with in Christian love. I think about how many times people have crises in their lives and how many of them would be addressed if they had a community in which they had two or three committed friends around them that they could call on. Do you have that? Jesus knew people needed these deep, committed relationships. And as people made decisions that divided families, he knew that those relationships were essential. I've always wondered if you can take a, a small church community like ours and intentionally connect, if you could intentionally bind people, as our covenant says, into groups of a few people that go with each other on the journey, that offer that kind of support to one another. That everyone who participates in the life of a little community like this, like this has those people that they are committed to walking together with, no matter what. Could we allow God's Spirit to descend into our hearts and teach us to love like Christ? Could you? Would you? Commit to deeply bind yourself in Christian love to someone beyond the bounds of family. To cast aside the doubts and trust that God's Spirit can create family beyond blood. That the waters of baptism can be just as binding. There is hope for us as we choose to live in that spirit.